Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host, Ashton Overholt. Ashton, how are you doing today? Yeah, fantastic. We're getting some cooler weather, finally, here in the South, um, yeah. where I live. And yeah, starting to feel even more like football. It, it did. It always has felt like football, I guess. But somehow when you get, um, yeah, some some 50-degree mornings, it um, just kind of hits home that like, ooh, we're in the middle of football season, man. Like we hit the halfway point and yeah, it's in some ways that's kind of scary too. So like it's the season's moving on at quite a clip here. Yeah, it really is. I was just thinking about the other day, how, how fast it's gone. And Notre Dame is a team that's two thirds of the way through their, through their season. I think USC is too. That's right. Just, it just feels weird. Actually, I think USC already had one of their buys, but yeah, well, let's just kind of jump into it. Week seven. Uh, obviously it's a college football week. So a lot happened. Um, we'll just kind of run through a bunch of the scores and we'll stop and talk about the games that we find interesting. So if we start Thursday night, there was a game Houston beats West Virginia, 41 to 39, just kind of a bananas ending. I mentioned it just for the ending West Virginia scores, a uh, the go ahead touchdown with like 14 seconds left. And then Houston completes a hail Mary at the buzzer and, and they win the game. Um, I, I heard, I saw somebody say that, uh, Neil Brown saved his own job and Dana Holgerson's job this year. So good job by him. Hmm. Neil Brown. Can we just, just give him, I know they lost this game on a Hail Mary. You know, that is what it is. They fell to four and two, like, right. Just, uh, yeah. Just pour one out real quick um, for that West Virginia program. They have done incredible work this year. Houston also really needed this one. Like, like there yeah. was no doubt that Holgerson was feeling the heat. So yeah, he's off the hot seat as well. So I, I agree with that one, actually. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> Neil Brown got two guys off the hot seat. <laughs> uh, speaking of great endings, Stanford beats Colorado on Friday night, 46 to 43 in in uh, yeah. double overtime. Uh, 29 point comeback. I I was not watching this. I was already in bed. Um, wow. Saw it all Saturday morning, though, when I woke up. <laughs> I was going to say you live in Colorado. Like, how do you how are you not? tuned into this one i was actually in ohio this weekend which uh-huh. is a whole different story um because mm. saturday night i was watching notre dame usc with my cousins who are rabid ohio state fans ah. they're rooting for undefeated teams to lose they were rooting for notre dame and that was very unsettling for me but hey uh-huh. worked out i gotcha <laughs> do, do we want to talk can we just spend just just a minute on this colorado stanford game because that game was 29 yes. nothing um at halftime like can we can we talk just a little bit about what like the the defensive collapse? And I am not here to dance on the graves of Colorado. It's not what I'm doing <laughs> at all. But I am saying it was. I mean, okay, Colorado was out there. They went ahead and, and beat their chest. You know, they had a three and zero start. You know, great. We you know we get it. Like Stanford's not good. Stanford is not a very no. good football team. And in the second half, you could not stop them. It's concerning. Like, that's concerning. And by the way, Stanford, it's not like usually if if Stanford would have beat Colorado, it's because they ran for, you know, 350 yards or something and put up a boatload of points. They threw the ball on them. They yeah. threw the ball all over them. I, 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 Yeah, I only caught bits and pieces of it. I also wasn't able to watch the whole thing. I, I, 
I'm not sure. Like Colorado is what it is. I think at this point, their defense is not very good. Stanford's not a good football team and they lost Colorado's schedule is really tough. The remaining schedule is not a cakewalk at all. Like, I mean, they're, they're probably going to be an underdog in every single remaining game. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Real, realistically, yeah. they're probably going to be an underdog in their last five games. So, yeah, I anything anything I'm missing there? No, I, I think I think Troy Taylor is actually a pretty good offensive coach. The Stanford hire there, and obviously they're right. a long ways away from being good again. But Colorado has serious weaknesses. They have serious weaknesses, especially on their defense and also with their offensive line. And a good coach is able to adjust to that and figure out how to beat them. So that's probably an oversimplification, but to me, it felt like just watching the bit that I watched extended highlights, not, not, not every snap, but extended highlights. It seemed like Colorado wore down and Stanford was able to figure out how to finally stop them because their offensive line is not very good. And they also figured out these corners are tired and they're all also yeah. not that great. Uh, Travis Hunter's playing 900 mil. 58 snaps in this game and like props to Elick a menor ao manor yeah. i don't know how to say well it done. the stanford receiver well zero mm-hmm. catches at halftime and he finishes with 295 yards and three touchdowns um yeah just, okay the, yeah the catch that he had in overtime just yes. the mossing okay now we think that travis hunter for all of colorado shortcomings travis hunter's a really good cornerback um, yes. And, and he straight up got mossed by this guy from Stanford. I mean, that was an incredible catch. One of the best ones going to be a catch of the year candidate for sure. Um, At the end of the year. Yeah. I, again, nothing but positive things to say for Stanford. Well done um, to them. And on the Colorado side, I think maybe it does show just a little bit about how like the recruiting does still matter. Like, I don't think in the portal, they've been able to find the depth that they needed and like you're seeing it, you're you're off to a great start coming out of the gates, and then guys are starting to get hurt, nicked up. Depth becomes a problem for them, and I, yeah, I think it's going to, to to kind of run its course a little bit in the second half of this season. I think they've got a lot of tough games coming up still. They really do. They <laughs> they need two more wins to make a bowl, and they only play two more games against teams that aren't ranked. That's Arizona, who's pretty good right now, and Washington State, who has yeah. been good at points this year. So. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. It also, I've heard just some, just just some whispers out there of maybe some of the Colorado players not handling this all that well. So, oh, just something to keep an eye on. Who could have predicted that? Who could have right. saw that one coming? Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get into Saturday. Um, just kind of run down through the games. Uh, Michigan stomps Indiana fifty-two to seven. Iowa State beats Cincinnati thirty to ten. That's something yeah. to keep an eye on. They're figuring it out apparently. Florida State beats Syracuse 41-3. And this is this was emblematic of the entire like noon slate. There was very little of competitive football going on. It was a lot of right. beatdowns, including Ohio State beating Purdue 41-7. One that was maybe unexpected, Rutgers beats Michigan State 27-24. I'm not saying I like a lot of people would have expected it. I also saw a lot of people like, oh, smart money, and maybe take Michigan State this week. But Rutgers pulls uh-huh. out the win there, and they're five and two. So pretty impressive. Alabama sneaks one by Arkansas. This is one of the competitive games the noon slot. Yeah. 24 to 21 to improve to six and one. Arkansas falls to two and five. But Alabama was up, but then yeah, they did they score the second half? Like this was this was not they perfect. got a field goal. Yeah, they got a field goal. That was a it. Field goal. No, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. So, um Arkansas also shows fight. Arkansas is a good team. I know that they're two and five, 
Arkansas is a – they've been sneaky competitive, not with, just with Alabama, by the way, um, LSU as well. Uh, they like Arkansas would play a three-point game against a, a lot of really good teams out there. So, yeah, yeah I just kind of to give them their flowers. I think Alabama is still a good football team. I, I thought Arkansas is actually – Decent. I think KJ Jefferson yeah. is really impressive. I I still don't think that he gets the love that he deserves. I think KJ is an excellent quarterback. And if he was in a different place, I think we talk about him a lot differently. Say, like, say if him and Bo Nix swapped places and suddenly KJ's at Oregon. Like I think he's, you know, I think he could do kind of what 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 Nix is doing there. So yeah, I, I'm a big KJ Jefferson guy. I think Arkansas, unfortunate to be two and five. I think they're pretty solid. Tell me they wouldn't be the fourth best team in the Big Ten right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they what they need to beat what Maryland and Iowa. Um, I mean, truthfully, they'd be favored against Iowa probably tomorrow. Like if Definitely. you think about it, like from a, from from that standpoint, Maryland. I mean, with with Tangavaloa, like he's he's sometimes great and then sometimes he's not. You're never always sure. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I'm not going to be able to tell you that they wouldn't be favor or the fourth best team um, in in the Big Ten. That that one's kind of up for debate right now. Yeah. All right. Georgia beats Vanderbilt thirty-seven to twenty. Not the not the dominant win that you might have expected, but also never one that was worth really paying attention to, quite frankly. So, right. Yeah. Uh, the news there, Brock Bowers um, had surgery yeah. today. Um, and he had, it's the same, it's like, the, they call it like that little tightrope surgery. It's the same surgery that Tua had. I don't know if you remember in, in, um, in 2019, I believe. Yeah. Um, the 2019 season, he, he got that. I, I, I mean, gotta okay. be back Brock for the Bowers championship game, right? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I think Georgia's schedule is actually tougher than what people um kind of believe they have a bye week but then they have Florida um, which is a neutral site game. Then Missouri, um, who's Missouri's a good football team right now. Follow Missouri follows the next week. Um, Ole Miss comes into town. Ole Miss is, I mean, whether you like them or not, they're they win a lot of games, right? Like that Tulane win keeps impressing. Um, Tulane's now ranked again. So, and then and then and then it's at Tennessee. Like it's a tough stretch. Like those four games are are difficult. And yeah, it's not maybe ideal <laughs> at all. I think Georgia and. In some ways, Georgia, this could make Georgia have a higher ceiling because they have to develop some other guys. Brock Bowers is a stud. And I think Brock Bowers is planning on coming back this year. I think the goal is that's why you have surgery on a bye week. You know, that way he can come back for the SEC championship game in the playoffs um, if you make it that far. So I think Georgia just needs to develop some other guys. Clearly, there's other really, really good tight ends on that roster. Yeah. Georgia Georgia will be favored against all of those teams. Even though it's a tough stretch, they will still be favored against all of those teams. Right. Utah beats Cal 34 to 14, moved to 5 and 1 ahead of a big matchup for them this weekend. Um, let's see. Illinois beat Maryland 27-24. Bit of a shocker yeah. there. Illinois has not had a great year, but good win for them. Penn State crushed UMass 63 to 0. More on them later, obviously. Florida beats South Carolina forty-one to thirty-nine. Bit of a comeback here for Florida. This was a yeah. sneaky good win. This was actually a really big win. I for for people that don't pay attention, um, Florida's preseason win total was five and a half. Florida is current. Florida currently is five and two. Like Florida is definitely going over. They're definitely going bowling. Florida. If you told Florida fans, hey, going into the Georgia week, you will be five and two. With 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 all of it out there, they take that. They take that every single time. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna knock off 
one of the teams ahead of them. I think they get either LSU, Missouri, or Florida State in those last three weeks of the season. I think they pick one of them off. I really do. I, it's a it's a physical football team. And Graham Mertz, for as much fun as we have poked at him, it has kind of worked there. He had a big-time late touchdown pass to Ricky Pearsall, who's a really good receiver as well, mm-hmm. that we don't really talk about. I was really impressed. I Florida's sneaky impressive. They are. They're growing. They're kind of building. They're finding it a little bit as a team. They've had some bad losses, understandably, but I think by the end of the season, like they're going to get, they have a home game. Florida State has to go to the swamp. I think that's going to be a close game. I think that will be really fun. Um, so, yeah, I think Florida has a lot of it out there. There's they, They've had a successful year already, and there's still a lot of meat on the bone for them. They also play Arkansas this year, which is a fun matchup that you never see in the SEC, right? Because of the way the divisions are set up. So, uh, South Carolina tough road ahead of them they're going to have to win four of their remaining games to go bowling they go to mizzou to texas a&m jacksonville state vanderbilt kentucky and then close with clemson so probably looking at a five and seven season and 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 people will get mad at shane beamer if that's if that happens but he's still done a pretty good job i think and i mean down years happen especially when you're building a program like that up they got really crushed in the transport portal. I think maybe more than what people realize. Yes. Um, yeah, they've had a lot of guys leave. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, the the downside of, of Florida having a surprising year is that someone has to lose those games too for Florida to be five and two. And South Connell was one of the casualties this year. Yeah, we it, we play we. It's a brutal sport that we all pay attention to and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, South Carolina wins that game. You know, suddenly you're feeling way different about South Carolina, way different about Florida. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one play, it, you know, a coin flip, you know, goes Florida's way. Right. And suddenly, yeah, we view Florida a lot differently than we view South Carolina. It was it was a really good game. Big win for Florida, no doubt. Another SEC game that was a one score differential and leaves you feeling quite a bit different about both teams. Tennessee beats Texas A&M 20 to 13. Solid no. win. Tennessee is not who people expected them to be. They're not out there throwing the ball all over the yard. Joe Milton in this game has 100 passing yards on four and a half yards per attempt. That is nothing special, but the defense is good and they can run the ball. Ashton. Tennessee is, is they're sneaky. Tennessee's just, just hanging in there. They go to Tuscaloosa this week, a game that we're going to talk a, a lot more about. Yeah, this was a, okay. This was a huge letdown week for Tennessee. The week before you go to Tuscaloosa with AM, a really talented, hungry roster coming into your place. This is a game that Tennessee fans thought they could easily lose in the preseason. Like that one just stuck out to you, and they didn't. And I don't care if it was ugly. I don't care if they didn't throw for many yards. That's that's tough. The week before you play Alabama to go out and beat a really a really, really talented AM team, I think is difficult. I think it's hard to do. So I have a lot of respect for Tennessee. You're right. Tennessee is not what they were last year on offense. That's just like, that's, that's a fact at this point. We don't have to argue that really um, anymore. Yeah. They've definitely regressed, but their defensive line is really good. They really get after the quarterback. They're physical. Like they're, they run the ball pretty well. I think you mentioned that already. So I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. Like this is going to be an exciting matchup. Tennessee needed to win the AM game to set themselves up for Alabama. Yeah, it's still all, all on the table for Tennessee. If Tennessee wins out, 
I you hate to even say that, but if Tennessee wins out their playoff team, like they really Absolutely. are, they win the SEC. Right. It's all still out there for Tennessee, and we have them ranked at 19 or whatever. Like we're not, I don't think quite a yeah, we're not appreciating it um quite yet. What Tennessee can still do. Max Johnson, by the way, is just not quite as good as Connor Wigman. There's just nothing nothing more to it than well, that. He's just not quite quite as good as as I thought he might be. Um, what, which is rough. Do you have anything to say? Like I. I follow message boards a, a, a bit, probably too much, probably too much. Text Ashton? Well, I, I mean, I am on tech now and then. Yeah. Now and then I do go. Um, it, do we, okay. That number starting to look a little bit smaller for Jimbo. Like, like they'll pay it. Those guys will absolutely pay it. I'm serious. I'm, I was not there two weeks ago, but they've lost back to back games and I'm, like they're serious about that, man. They're not it's going not to let that seventy-two million dollar buyout or whatever it is hold them back. I'm serious. Yeah. He could be gone if if they lose a couple of more games. It's become imminent. It's not. Is it rational? I'm not saying it's rational, but yeah. like, who cares? Like a And M doesn't care. Like they want to win. They want to win now. It's it's not that the number is looking smaller. It's just that the the resolve to fix this is growing and Texas A&M has yeah. the pockets to handle something like that. So it's out there. It's, it's definitely not, not an impossibility. Virginia tech gets a big win against wake Forest, 30 to 13. Um, kind of a weird season there for both of those programs. Oklahoma state beats Kansas 39 to 32 comes out morning of the game that uh, Jalen Daniels can't play. So it's Jason Bean, who's a solid backup had big numbers in this game. Also through two interceptions and Oklahoma State, I, I can't figure out if they're good or not, but they, they get another <laughs> big win. There's two good teams in the Big 12 and everyone else is just kind of a mixture. It's it's very yeah. weird and hard to figure out, um, which makes watching the Big 12 fun, honestly. Another Oklahoma big, State, Oklahoma yeah. State came back from the dead. Just real quick on that. Like we yeah. had we had written Oklahoma State off. They were gone. Like we were yeah. done with them as a team. And I mean, they're four and two now. They've had a couple of big wins in a row. They beat both the Kansas teams, who we think are pretty good teams. Kansas State and Kansas are pretty good football teams. Oklahoma State a month ago lost 33 to seven against South Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> South Alabama beat Oklahoma State 33 to seven. And to rebound the way they have is impressive. I, I'm not sure if they're any good or not. Like, I, I can't figure that out either. But what they've done in the last two weeks is impressive. They can they can beat someone else still like like this yeah. could be a decent Oklahoma State team. Yeah, speaking of rebounding in the Big Twelve, TCU lost their last two games to West Virginia and Iowa State. Then they come out and beat BYU forty four to eleven. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. They well, okay, so he started here. They started a new quarterback. Josh Hoover gets his first start. And apparently Chandler Morris's backups are just really good every time because last year when he got hurt, Max Duggan came out and was a Heisman finalist. Yeah. This year they bench him for Josh Hoover and he comes out and throws for 439 and four touchdowns. So apparently TCU found something there. I did not see it coming. Um, I was on the wrong end of both of these games in the locks and both of them were due to quarterback shenanigans largely that I did not see coming. So, well, yeah, the, the, the Oklahoma state one, I guess I kind of could have seen coming. Now, the whole BYU-TCU line made no sense to me last week. I'll just put that one out there. I yeah. somehow refrained from putting it in, into the locks, even though, man, I wanted to. I absolutely wanted to jump all over BYU. 
it made no that line made no sense to me. And and honestly, this game makes no sense to me. Like that did that is not what I have seen from TCU so far. Right. And that's not what I've seen from BYU so far either. That's right. a BYU team that went on the road and beat Arkansas in their place. It makes no sense to me at all. 44 to 11. It wasn't competitive. Like this was yeah. a blowout from early on. Yeah, whatever. Good for TCU, I guess. That's part of the reason we love college football. It doesn't make sense. Um, True. Speaking of Vegas and their lines, they absolutely nailed this one. Washington beats Oregon 36 to 33. Great yeah. game. This is, I just said we love college football because it's weird and it doesn't make sense. This is actually why we love college football because of games like this. Ashton, what were your thoughts on this game? Okay, watched a ton of it, obviously. Game of the weekend. Let's not let's not bury the lead. I think both teams are really good. Agreed. I think both teams are are excellent. Um, I thought both quarterbacks played well. I know that Penix is getting a lot more love than than Bo Nix is. I thought I thought I would take Bo Nix. Like I I think they both played really well. They were both excellent quarterbacks. Now Penix he had some more incompletions and he did throw the one he threw a, yeah he threw an interception whatever he kind of short on to fourth down throw two and 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 Bo Nix did that twice and he short on to fourth down throw that you just you can't do and that's yeah. frustrating to see I, I don't really want to get into the whole fourth down thing everyone there's a lot of people that seem to have issues with it Oregon's Oregon's an aggressive team like they're going they're going to continue doing that I'll I'll tell you that just because they lost this game does not mean that Oregon is going to change who they are they come out they score touchdowns they'll probably go for two and they're probably going to go for a fourth down and yeah good for them they they had a fourth down towards the end towards the end of the game um with it was a I think it was fourth and three fourth and two and a half fourth and three right if that was the right call the game the game's over if they make yes. it. The game is over. The game is absolutely over if they convert that. And yeah, they're like it was me and you just last weekend that were crushing that was crushing Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher for punting for you know on a on a fourth and short. So we have to give the guy credit for going for it. He went for the win. It, it was a fantastic game. I, I think both teams are good. Like yeah. I think there's going to be a rematch between these two teams in the Pac-12 championship, and the winner goes to the playoff. Like, I still think yeah. there's – we get to see these two teams again. I think I'm excited about it. Obviously, it's really hard to predict that because just weird stuff happens. But it does feel like these are clearly the two best teams in the Pac-12. And whoever wins, like, that Pac-12 championship game, if it's these two teams, they should go to the playoff. Like, that's what it feels like to me unless unless there's just mass yeah. chaos between then, between now and then. Um. Oh, by the way, on the fourth down thing, it's just th- – okay – he admitted, uh, Landing admitted he maybe should have taken the field goal at the end of the first half. That's fine, whatever. The, the last one, the fourth and two or whatever it was, where you have a chance to end the game. Yeah. The reason people knock those decisions, I think, the, the reason that scene is so controversial is if you don't make it, if, if you don't make it, you immediately see the you immediately see the downside because, oh, now the mm-hmm. other team has the ball with better field position. Whereas if you punt it there, you don't see the downside of that right away because it takes a while. Well, they have to make a drive, and then they, right. and then they end up scoring, and, and you don't think about, oh, well, maybe they should have gone for the fourth down. The game could be over. You don't see the immediate negative results of it not working out when you go for it or when you punt it. And and so I think that's why people, they just play the results. Like, no matter what yeah. happens, people play the results. And, and I'm sorry, like, you go for that 10 times out of 10 
you got to trust your fifth-year senior quarterback to make that simple little throw, and he just happened to miss it. And more often than not, Bo Nix is going to make that throw, and then we're talking about Oregon going to Washington and winning a great game. And Right. Yeah, this was a great game between two great teams, and I don't think there's a – like, I'm not – I wouldn't look on either one of these teams any less than I did before this game, and I might view both of them as better than I did before. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I, I do think the element of Oregon going on the road was key in this game. Like, like so I had Oregon as one of my locks um, at um, plus three, right? And yeah, maybe, I don't know if you call it a bad beat or not. I got a push, right? There was a missed right. field goal. It, it is what it is. Um, Oregon, to me, dominated large chunks of this second half, especially. I know they led for some of the first half, but Oregon's defense played, I thought, really, really well in the second half. I mean, if this is a neutral site game, like for, like say they say they rematch, you know, in a potential championship game in Vegas, neutral site, right? I mean, the line's probably, I don't know, Oregon or maybe Oregon by one or pick them. Like it's that's, I mean, the line does. I don't, in my opinion, the line doesn't really change, you know, a whole lot. Like we always kind of factor that three to four points in for home, you know, home field in college, and and I think that probably plays like I think that just kind of plays out I think both teams were what we thought they were so yeah no agreement I actually liked the aggressiveness from Lanning I I mean that's who he is I guess and maybe it's because because I'm used to it from his time at Georgia like he always has been that guy yeah um yeah yeah good teams Washington also Washington reminds me of what Tennessee was last year um Tennessee's offense from a year ago with elite NFL receivers and a quarterback who maybe is not going to be a few future hall of famer in the nfl but he's a great distributor very accurate and does excellent in system like really really talented thrower of the football is is panic so i don't know i just kind of got a little bit of yeah maybe it's how the offense runs some of the some of the stuff that they do um yeah with the receivers out wide i i really enjoyed watching this all this this washington offense yeah i think they have a real chance at making the playoff i really do yeah Kalen DeBoer is going to look really good coaching Alabama next year after Nick Saban retires. <laughs> I just kidding. Don't, no, don't even go there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Unnecessary. Um, by the way, if you ever consider betting on the Heisman, which is a fool's errand, but if you ever think right. you should, now is an excellent time to buy really low on Bo Nix because Oregon could absolutely win out and that would vault him way up there. So his, his odds dropped dramatically after this loss. Um, probably more than they should have. So just something to think about. Yeah, I like that. Okay. We go on down through the day. Iowa beats Wisconsin 15 to 6. This is the most Iowa win ever. Um, just looking at the box score, Deacon Hill, 37 <laughs> passing yards, 2.6 yards per attempt. Uh, hey, they beat Wisconsin. They want I the have game. something. I have something to say like <laughs> Iowa. This is who, who Iowa is. I'm not going to bash on the lack of passing yards. I think there, there's too many people out there doing it. And I have done it for large chunks of, of this, of this season. Right. And even this past off season, they completed six passes again for the second week in a row. <laughs> that, that is what it is. That is what it is. I'm not going to bash on that anymore. They had 37 passing yards. That just is what it is. I was six and one. Yeah. Iowa is Iowa has, they have a very manageable schedule. Yes. We'll just say that. They, yes. they do not have world beaters to round out their schedule. <laughs> Rutgers is probably a pretty good team. 
and they have to go at Nebraska. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. On um, yeah, like I guess Thanksgiving weekend or whatever, like rivalry stuff. What ah, I don't care. Iowa could absolutely be there at the end. Like I was probably gonna win the Big Ten West. The offense is what it is. Let it go. That defense is really good. Um, we we both had Iowa um in our locks. This was a lock agreement and yep. a comfortable winner. Like we never really were in question here. So yeah, I absolutely let's let's just let's just be okay with what Iowa is. How many games can they win while not scoring 25 points? Like it's become kind of fun. They because they can win a lot of games. They're they're actually yeah. really good. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna double down. Iowa is pretty good. They don't have a good offense. They're a pretty good football team. Yeah, it's just I don't really disagree with anything you said there. I mean, they're they are what they are. They're not enjoyable to watch, but they have an excellent no. defense and special teams, and that's fine. And that'll get it done in the Big Ten West. Yeah. For one more year. Um, until the divisions go away. <laughs> and it's not gonna work good Dude, after that. <laughs> I can't wait to watch these Pac-12 teams that are moving to the Big Ten play oh. Iowa and and these and Minnesota and oh man, it's just gonna be something else. They're <laughs> mm. just the clash of styles. Anyway, watching Washington go to Iowa. Wouldn't that be oh. great? Or USC go to Kansas. Yes. Yeah, that'd be raucous. Oh, can't wait. All right, Pitt beat Louisville um, completely unhinged, 38-21. to 21. Makes no sense, but that's college mm-hmm. football. Clear letdown spot for Louisville, which is a thing apparently for Jeff Brown whenever he beats top 10 teams. They, they're they like 0-5 the next week or something. So mm-hmm. just weird. Pitt gets – you knew Pitt had one of these in them, even in a year where they're trash, but they they finally – they got their upset um, out of the way. Um, LSU beats Auburn 48-18. to 18. They have a really good offense, and and like I said, like we said in the preview, Auburn didn't. They they just can't take advantage of LSU's weakness. Um, right. Not much of a quarterback um, there to talk about. Kansas State beat Texas Tech thirty-eight to twenty-one. Good solid win for them. Kind of a weird year for the for Kansas State. the The storyline here was that they started playing Avery Johnson, the freshman quarterback who runs like a four-three forty or something ridiculous. He ran for five touchdowns in this game, so that that'll get something done in the big 12, especially when they're looking for the third best team to rise up. So maybe that can be Kansas state air force beats Wyoming 34 to 27. I just mentioned this, uh, this is two really good G five teams. Air force has a chance to go New Year's, New Year's six bowl game. Um, they Uh are the best team in the state of Colorado, by the way. So just something to keep an eye on. Oh, absolutely. Don't even, I mean, you're right. You're I'm not, yeah, I'm not (laughs) arguing, not at all. That's just, that's a hot take. No one talks about air force quietly six and ranked this week. Ranked. Yeah. Arizona. They're good. Goes to Pullman Mm -hmm. and beats Washington state 44 to six. Yeah. Washington state was ranked. uh, That's going to be done now. Um, Arizona's got this freshman quarterback, Fafita. Tony Fafita. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, did. Noah. Noah Fafita. Yeah. yeah. No touchdowns or picks this game, but 342 yards, and he's just fun to watch. He he looked really good against USC last week, too. He did. Jed Fish is doing good things at Arizona. Um, yeah. Mizzou goes to Kentucky and beats Kentucky 38-21. to Kind of a slow start um, for Mizzou, but they figured it out and pulled away. Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say here. Um, Mizzou's offensive coordinator, by the way, Kirby Moore is the brother of Kellen Moore. Um, and 
wouldn't be surprised if he finds himself a pretty nice job this offseason. So just something that, to keep that, that, that offense and in, in particular what they've done with like with Brady Cook at the quarterback who was not good to start this year. And then like Luther Burden at receiver, I mean, former yes. five star, the dude's a stud. He's just really, really good. He's going to be a first team all SEC guy. He's one of the best receivers that we're not talking about. I think he has, I mean, he's legitimate NFL upside. He's excellent. Missouri's offense is good. Like this was a big win for them on the road at Kentucky. People struggled there. Georgia struggled there in years past. Florida, we saw them struggle there. Obviously, big time win for Missouri. They were clearly the better team there. Yeah. North Carolina beats Miami 41 to 31. Impressive showing from the heels. Um, Drake May was decent. I mean, 273 yards and four touchdowns. That's pretty good. But 235 rushing yards for this team. That's really impressive. Um, I don't think we've seen just a ton of that out of North Carolina this year, but they their offense is legit and their defense is clearly better than was last year. And they're six and zero, so great job of the Tar Heels. There's a there's a chance they win the ACC. Um, they don't yeah. have to play Florida State in the regular season. I think we probably see them in the ACC championship game. Yeah, I I agree. They they're they're the undefeated team that no one really talks about yet. Um, everyone else has kind of been weeded out, and we're not really talking about about North Carolina enough. Yeah. Duke goes and beats North Carolina State 24 to 3. This is without mm-hmm. Riley Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um Henry Bielen, the backup completed four passes. <laughs> and they still beat NC State by three scores. So very impressive job by Duke. Mike Elko, very good coach. Um yeah. We might be saying his name or about a bigger job this uh, this offseason. Oregon State beats UCLA 36 to 24. Good win for them. They moved to six and one on the year. <sighs> yeah. I it's easy to get a little bit down on UCLA. Dante Moore hasn't exactly been he, he's kind of going through that freshman wall right now. Three t- three interceptions in this game. UCLA still has a good defense. Mm-hmm. Oregon State is just better right now. I don't know that they're quite quite as complete as I thought maybe they would be this season. Right. But they're right. six and one and they're beating teams. So props to Oregon State for that. They definitely have a chance to upset what I thought would like be like potential rematch between Oregon and Washington. So Oregon State plays Oregon and Washington the last two weeks of the regular season. They could be the one that knocks the apple cart over. Like Oregon yeah. State could be kind of the surprise out there. Yep. All right. One last game Saturday night. Notre Dame beats USC 48 to 20. Um, ending USC's kind of timidly undefeated season so far. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but yeah, big win for Notre Dame. A lot to talk about here, honestly. Ashton, what are your what are your takeaways as the neutral observer? Okay, so USC, we we knew that their schedule was not very good to start, right? And they had like a lot of cupcakes early on, mm-hmm. or yeah, or at least it seemed like that they. They didn't have just a a super tough schedule out of the gate. Arizona is a good football team. Like from last week, I know they they really struggle with them. Whatever that, I mean, that's a pretty decent win, I guess. We expected more out of USC. Like that's just the yeah. long and short of it. We expected the the not just the defense to be better, but offensive line. I think we needed them to be better. People were viewing USC as a potential playoff team. There was a lot of buzz for that. I mean, Caleb Williams is fantastic. But they got straight up bullied up front, like like on both sides. I think that's what stuck out to me. Um, yeah, they they weren't <laughs> they weren't tough. Like like Notre Dame was 
by far the better team. You 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 go you play this game wherever you want, neutral site wherever. Notre Dame was the better football team, and they won. So, yeah, I was really impressed, honestly, with Notre Dame. I they after a brutal um, four game stretch, you're right to to get off the mat and to beat USC and beat them up. I thought it was really impressive. So yeah, I I think Notre Dame was the more complete team, and it showed. Yeah, there was no doubt. In some ways, it's kind of hard to make huge sweeping proclamations after this game like i mean the turnover battle was five to zero caleb williams threw three interceptions in the game for the first time in his career and usc also lost two fumbles one of which was returned for a touchdown notre dame also had a kick return for a touchdown notre dame had 251 total yards 126 passing and 125 rushing like they weren't all that impressive. They had 5.1 yards per play. Their offense didn't look fixed at all to me. They did finish drives, but their defense was just insane. I And it's not mm-hmm. even necessarily the turnovers, which could be pretty random. They they were just constantly in Caleb Williams' face. He, he was able to yeah. pull out a magic trick every once in a while and escape the rush, but most of the time he was not. They, did, they, they sacked him six times. They had 11 tackles for loss. USC had 4.1 yards per play, which is the lowest of any team ever coached by Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah, I, I just I took USC to cover in this game, and yeah. <laughs> honestly, the reason was I because I didn't think Notre Dame's offense would be able to do anything special, and they didn't do anything special, and they still won this game by four touchdowns. And it's because their defense was—I mean, that's maybe the most impressive defense. I have, I've seen Notre Dame play in a long time. Well, okay. So you mentioned the, the six sacks for Notre Dame. They also had 11 tackles for loss. You mentioned both of those stats. USC had no sacks and one tackle for loss. Yeah. One. So like you're, you're seeing that much, like the, just the difference of penetration from the defensive line. Like mm-hmm. that was impressive. Um, Notre Dame's corners held up pretty well like yeah. not bad i was really impressed with that I, I yeah i know was it um xavier watts that had i think what he had like the two interceptions the one i think he returned you know pretty far like is it is it ben morrison number 20 is that who number yeah. number 20 is is for you guys i've been impressed with him almost all year that guy yeah. is i think he's he's a really good cornerback and usc for for yeah for saying what we said um it's not like usc has good receivers like they really do. Like Mario Williams, uh, singer, uh, Brendan Rice is good. Zachariah Branch played in this game too. Um, like they've got good talent at receiver. And I like Notre Dame straight up shut him down. I, I was impressed. I was really impressed for Notre Dame. I, I'm with you. Maybe we're not going to make just a, a grand sweeping statement like, ooh, you know, USC's absolutely trash. USC with that, with that much talent on the edges could beat some of the teams like like they hang on i'm just pulling up their schedule now just to see who all they play so they do it's so they rough. have utah <laughs> this week and then they have washington and then oregon at oregon and then ucla yeah. so they play four ranked teams in their last five games they have a very backloaded schedule like they can beat either washington or oregon like this is one of the teams where say washington goes to sc caleb william gets hot gets hot like that's a that's a game that usc can still win so yeah they're not a playoff team i i think people were right to 
we kind of dropped USC in the rankings week by week. We kind of saw and, and kind of started to drop them. I think that was that was appropriate. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, the offensive line's not good. Like their offensive line, their defensive yeah. lines are not good. They're not very good. They're kind of like Colorado a little bit in that way. So, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot other than that. They're gonna they're gonna lose multiple games still this year. Multiple. Yeah. I would I would tend to think so. It, it, last year. A lot of people talk about their offensive line not being very good, but it was actually their defense that was the main problem last year, and their offensive line was solid. Right. right. In this game, I kind of felt like their defense was okay, and their mm-hmm. and their offensive line was terrible. Um, Barry Alexander actually did a pretty good job. He was disrupting things in the middle and making Notre Dame try to figure other ways to beat them. Like I said, only 125 rushing yards for Notre Dame, and if you'd have told me they were going to – score 48 points, I would have expected a 300-yard rushing game or something like that. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, the main my main thing with Notre Dame is they were able to finish drives, and anytime USC sort of kind of made it close, they responded. Um, a long pass to Chris Tyree was, Tyree was a big deal. Jadarian Price, who is like their third best running back and hasn't gotten enough touches just because there's so many running backs and there's not enough to go around, he was the one who had the kickoff return, 99 yards, um, right after mm-hmm. USC had scored a touchdown and, and was making right. it feel a little, just a little uncomfortable. And then he just kind of ended it um, right before the kick return. I said, it feels like we need one more touchdown. Um, and that's what happened. Right. Um, I, yeah, I'm not convinced Notre Dame is a great offensive team or anything resembling that, but their defense is probably even better than I thought. Um yeah, USC's longest pass was 21 yards. So that'll do yeah. it. That's how you beat USC right that, there. That's impressive, though. Like, I think, like, being able to get that much pressure to where he doesn't have time to look downfield. Caleb Williams is an NFL quarterback. Like, he's yes. going to go number one overall. And, like, that was the worst game of his career. That was. Yeah. Like, he was not very good. And it was because, like, he had a lot of pressure. He was getting hit a lot. That's what, like, you remember back to last year, that's why, like, he didn't like playing against Utah. Like, they beat him up. Like, they they got it. They sacked him a bunch. They hit him a bunch more. He didn't enjoy that a whole lot. Like, I think that, yeah, that's, there's no question that that is the the best way to rattle a really good quarterback and maybe make up for the, the talent deficit that, I mean, USC's receivers are going to be better than almost every team's corners. They're really good receivers. And if you can, you can, yeah, you can disrupt that that timing for them. I think that yeah, it's absolutely the, the blueprint um, to beat USC. They have real concerns. Notre Dame, on the other hand, like Notre Dame, they're six and two right now. They have to go to Clemson yet, but you can win the rest of your games. Like there's a world where where Notre Dame's ten and two. Yeah, the, their big goals are are off the table, but it can still be a successful season. Right. But they have to win out to do it. Um, I think if they win another game, it'll. It'll still feel uh, – and by the way, going to Clemson, that's not going to be easy at all. I wouldn't be shocked if Clemson's no, favored no. in that game. Um, Probably. Yeah, you kind of have to win that game to to be able to look back and say it was a success, successful season. Otherwise, it'll always mm-hmm. be a little disappointing going 9-3. and three. All right, that's enough sure. about Week 7. Let's, let's draft some games. Let's draft the Week 8 games. Ashton, you get the first pick this week. What is your okay. number one choice for a game to watch in week eight? Okay. So this one's not hard. Um, this <laughs> is Penn State going to Ohio State um, at the horseshoe, right? It's going to be, yeah, it's, of, of course, that's the biggest game. It's the the big noon kick um, on Fox. Penn State, Penn State 
they're a they're a four and a half point underdog. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've already bet the Penn State side, just just so everyone Figured knows. I think Penn State keeps. <laughs> yeah, I think this one this one stays a little bit close. I, I'm starting to feel a little sketchy about it. I bet it as soon as the number came out um, on my book at four and a half, and yeah, we'll see where the number goes. It's so hard to hard to know. It really is, but. Mm. It's going to be a really competitive game. I think this is a going to come down to the last. I, I really think Penn State is a very physical football team. Ohio State's defense is much improved. I think that needs to get talked about maybe a little bit more. Their offense is not as good as what it was in previous years, but their defense is definitely better than what it has been um, under Ryan Day. I mean, I think we can go ahead and say that. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I have, it's the it's the game of the weekend for me. This yeah. was a clear number one. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely the right choice. And this is going to sound so stupid, <laughs> but I say this because we haven't seen these teams have both had some games this year where they didn't quite like they they were not playing up to their potential. This game is just going to come down to which team shows up and, and plays closest to their A plus game because either team can win. They're both very capable. They're both capable of probably beating anybody in the country. And they have also left me wanting a little bit more at points this this season. So, yeah, it's going to be excellent. I don't have a strong feeling either way. I know you took Penn State, and I figured you probably would. Um, mm-hmm. For me, this is just a stay away. I don't hate the play for you. Um, I just don't feel confident mm-hmm. about this one myself. Sure. All right, I'm – with the number two pick, um, this one is also fairly easy for me. I mean, there's a couple of different options that would all be decent, but I'm going Tennessee at Alabama. Alabama sure. favored by eight and a half. This is a big game. Um, we talked about it. Tennessee, they just beat Texas A&M. Both of these teams have one loss, mm-hmm. and everything's out there for them. Like, but it, it has to it has to start with a win here. You have to win this game, and then you're still in playoff and therefore national title contention. And I think this is a good matchup. If Tennessee still had Hendon Hooker, like we, I think I'd be fairly confident saying that there's an excellent chance they upset Alabama for the second year in a row. That said, there's still a chance. Um, I, I think I understand mm-hmm. why Bama's favored by eight and a half. Joe Milton hasn't exactly looked very good this year, but neither has right. Jalen Milrow on the other side. So maybe this one just comes down to which quarterback makes the most throws. One thing I think is interesting, and yeah, you touched on it both, that they're both, they both have one loss, right? It's all still out there for both teams. But when you dive into it a little bit more, and you like, you look at the matchups, Alabama does not have Bryce Young anymore like they did last year, right? And Jalen Milrow is accurate, deep. Like he has a very nice deep ball. His short and intermediate stuff is not fantastic. It's really not. Tennessee gets after the passer. They really yeah. they do, like almost as well as anyone. They get after the quarterback. If there's a world where Jalen Milrow can't throw deep, I don't think that Jalen Milrow can beat you throwing short and intermediate. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, I, Sounds I think like you're saying it's too wild. many points. <laughs> I think the line is wildly high. I've also <laughs> bet this game. I don't know if I'll put it in locks or not, just because I really value my my record in, in the locks. But, yeah, I, Tennessee's the side like you're just not going to be able to convince me from what I've seen so far and I've watched a ton of Alabama and Tennessee you're not going to be able to convince me that if Jalen Milrow can't throw deep which I don't think that he'll be able to because Alabama is struggling to protect the passer their offensive line has not looked good like he I don't think he can beat you throwing medium and short I really don't so 
Yeah, I, I think the line's wildly high. I, I think it's closer to a field goal game. I, I, absolutely, I believe that Alabama could absolutely still win this football game. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I just think it's close. I think this is a close football game. I almost feel like I like the total on this game better than the spread. The total's 48 or 48 and a half, 47 and a half, under. whatever you're looking for. Go under. I, I think going under the 48 and a half might be a decent play. It'd be nicer yeah. if it was 49 because that's kind of a nice key number, but sure. Wouldn't feel bad about that one at all. Just as a lean, probably not going to locks. The, you know, you're you're right. And this goes back to me, and I need to make another yep. selection. Alabama, Tennessee is a lot of fun. This is going to yep. be a really, really cool atmosphere. It's a rivalry that got renewed last year, um, right? When 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 Tennessee stormed the field and beat Alabama somehow. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere um in Bryant Denny. That's what college football's about, man. Like we we live for moments. We live for those moments. Takes it to me um, at the number three pick. I'm going to go Utah versus USC, the last ranked on ranked matchup. Well, sorry, well, the second to last ranked on ranked matchup we have. I think USC can possibly get off the mat here and beat Utah. Utah doesn't have Cam Rising. I, I don't know if we're going to have Cam Rising. Like I, we we were talking, we've been we've been teasing the whole Cam Rising comeback for a long time now since week one, right yeah. against Florida. We thought he'd be playing. Still not really back. Utah's offense is not fantastic. It's a game I want to watch. I want to watch this game. Two one-loss teams. I think it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be – It's Utah absolutely owned USC last year. I'm tuning in for that. How does – like, surely USC has to come after getting absolutely blitzed by Notre Dame. You have to have some pride against Utah. I think this game will be close. Yeah, I, I like that selection, and it would it would have been my third pick as well. Another another game where I almost like the total more. The total's fifty six, and right, right. Utah's got a legit front. We know that if they can pressure Caleb Williams anywhere close to the way Notre Dame did, that could that could work. And I also have no trust, like you said, like we'll have to just believe Cam Rising's playing when he actually trots out onto the field and is playing because right. they were talking about it in week right. one, and you know we're two thirds of the way through the season now, and he still hasn't played so. And and by the way, the the backups just haven't looked all that good. Like Utah's yeah. offense is just not very good. But USC has they're, made they're they're, they're a, yeah they're they're a complete football team. They're a good football team. Yeah, but definitely not the ceiling as when they had Cam Rising. Like yeah. it is not the same as what it was last year. Yeah, right. Okay, for my next pick, I'll go Clemson at Miami. Clemson favored by three and a half. This. <laughs> It feels like it could be kind of disappointing just because both of these teams have now lost um, two games apiece and mm -hmm. sort of feel like they're, they might be out of contention for the ACC, which you never know what, what could happen. But these are still two pretty good teams. And this, this could tell us a little bit something about the direction of either program because I know they, don't, they might not have the playoff in front of them. Like the playoffs off the table for both of these, these teams – but they still have something to play for, I think. And both fan bases would – well, I guess if you're Miami's fan base, you're probably not rioting if you lose to Clemson. Right. On the other hand, the Clemson's might be mm -hmm. rioting if they lose to Miami. And Miami's fan base would sure like a win like this. Like that would make them feel a whole lot better, especially two weeks removed from the, you know, the no, no kneeling and, and losing to Georgia Tech and all that. Like 
all of that to say both teams could really use this win. Desperation is incredible to watch on TV. When you have desperate teams, and I think both teams are desperate, like both teams have to have this. Yeah, no, I I agree. Desperation is fun, at least for the the neutral observer. It is no fun at all when your team is the, the desperate one with the back against the wall. Yeah. Um, as a fan, that that sucks. Like that's a that's a tough that's a tough feeling. All right, so I'm going to go. I'm gonna. Well, I'm just gonna stay in the ACC, I guess. Duke goes to Dope Campbell Stadium, plays Florida State. The line is 14. Florida State is favored by 14. Yeah. Duke is two and zero in the ACC. They're undefeated in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Duke has an opportunity to go on the road, beat Florida State, and with North Carolina doing what North Carolina is currently doing they could potentially knock Florida state out of the ACC championship game yeah. altogether. Like it's, <laughs> I'm not, it's not likely. I'm not saying right. it's likely, but it's a possibility. And you have to tune into that. Like Duke is a good football team. They play really good defense. You mentioned like they don't have Riley Leonard anymore. And obviously you'd like Duke a lot, a lot more in this game to stay competitive. If they did, they don't. That is what it is. I think the coaching staff for Duke is they've done a fantastic job. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Florida State hasn't really played a good team in a while. Like they've kind of just sat there since the Clemson game. I mean, I guess Syracuse was still, you know, Syracuse is is okay. Virginia Tech is Virginia Tech's not very good. Like, so they they've kind of just sat there after a a you know a, a pretty intense first month. So yeah, but Let's 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 see what happens. This is going to be their first test in a while. I think Duke kind of keeps this one close. I don't have, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not locking this one up either. But I would lean Duke maybe to cover the two touchdowns. I think they keep it close. I think they're a physical team. I think they run the ball well. I think they'll try to do that against Florida State. By the way, supposedly Riley Leonard was a game time decision last week, which is a little hard to believe since he had a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Maybe that's I don't just think so. yeah. If he is able to go, that would make it so much different you would just feel so much better about duke's chances of pulling an upset right um, like we said his backup completed four passes last week um so yeah yeah i don't know this this would be a this this is going to be fun regardless i think it would be significantly more fun if riley leonard can find a way to to play in this game because he's kind of the engine that makes their team go mm-hmm. when he's healthy right okay that sends it to me they're, they're, we're kind of in a muddle here where there's lots of good games and, and none of them really stand out above the fray. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit personal preference. I'm going to go to South Carolina at Mizzou. Mizzou favored like by seven and a half. Yeah. Just kind of a fun matchup here where Missouri has exceeded expectations this year and South Carolina has not lived up to their expectations. So naturally <laughs> – Everything could change with one game, which we see all the time in college football. Right. South Carolina, they have to be able to protect Spencer Rattler a little bit. Um, Missouri's going to score. They have a really good offense. I really like watching their offense. But South Carolina has a pretty solid defense. Um, not as good as it was last year, but I think it's pretty solid. And, and this is an opportunity for them to, to make a statement here. South Carolina has that game inside of them. Yes. South Carolina <laughs> has an elite 60 minutes somewhere inside them. And, and and they will show it from, yeah, almost every season you'll get it. So when South Carolina is right with the receivers that they have, Zadel gets a real dude at receiver. And Spencer Rattler is low-key having a really, really nice season too. So 
South Carolina has an elite 60 minutes in there somewhere. Like we haven't seen it yet, but they could add, they're they're probably going to knock off a team yet. They probably are. So like they're going to sneak up and get Clemson maybe at the end of the year again, something like that. So no, I, I, yeah, I don't hate to pick at all. Um, I like that one. I know South Carolina is only two and four, but I, I really think that they could beat almost anyone. Um, I'm going to go back out to the Pac-12, go Oregon, Washington State. This game is in Eugene, Oregon, a 20-point favorite. I know that's big. Washington State got absolutely trounced by a an Arizona team that's they're they're on the come up. I mean, Arizona's Arizona's good, but they're I mean, we expected more from Washington State. I mean, they were number 13 in the nation just two weeks ago um and had back back-to-back losses so i'm going to go there and watch them i want i want to see how they respond how they get off the mat i think that's big oregon also coming off a loss how do you get off off the mat how do you bounce back i think that's big so i think the line here is also too big oregon by 20 feels like a lot um yeah just gonna i'm just gonna watch that one not locking that one up either but just like ooh, whoa that 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 line looks really big for um a team that's yeah coming off a really difficult loss so that'll be fun yeah, that's like the classic test of the emotional well-being of two college football teams coming off of different losses because of the way they lost, but still both emotional losses. Oregon very right. tight and Washington State just getting steamrolled at home. So, yeah, I like that pick. My next pick, uh, at this point, this one feels obvious to me. I have to grab this one. Ole Miss goes to Auburn. Ole Miss yeah. favored by six and a half. This is Hugh Freeze against his old team. Um Sure. I don't <laughs> I know he's going to have like all of the tricks up his sleeves but I I mm-hmm. it remains to be seen if his team can actually pull those tricks off. Um which which co- they played both quarterbacks a little bit last week like I don't know. I, oh, I yeah. just don't know about Auburn like which one is going to play? Is either one going to be able to make a throw at all? Are they going to be able to stop Ole Miss's run game? I have no idea. But mm-hmm. the line being as low as six and a half tells me that Vegas thinks it's going to be a pretty good game. Strange, thing, strange things happen in Jordan-Hare. Um, this yeah. was an Auburn team that absolutely hung in the game against Georgia just oh, what was it, three weeks ago now. Oh, yeah, they can beat Ole Miss. That could absolutely be on in the middle of the second quarter, say they get a turnover or something, and they're running the ball well. Um, yeah, I, you, you mentioned, you're not sure which quarterback is going to play. I, I honestly don't know that it matters. Like there's not, there's not a whole lot there for Auburn at quarterback that they're missing that. And they will get one. Hugh freeze will have a good quarterback playing for him soon. It's just not yet. He doesn't have one right now. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I think Ole Miss is the favorite they deserve to be. The the whole revenge factor of Hugh Freeze playing Ole Miss again is so much fun. Like like th- these are the storylines that we need. We yeah. Like this is I I live in SEC country. This is a big deal. This is a big deal for for Auburn fans. A big deal for Ole Miss fans. Stuff like this matters. Does it make us seem maybe a little bit petty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Fine. Whatever. It's interesting. It's entertainment, yep. man. Like it's a it's a soap opera out here. So yeah, it's good for them. I'm. The, the winner there, like if Auburn could somehow knock off Ole Miss, the 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 vibes would just be electric. Like yes. that would just be like, yeah, they stay close. It's a night game also on ESPN. If They're that storming close, the field, right? Like that that's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If that's a close game, third, fourth quarter, you're not going to be one. You're not going to want to watch any other game. That place yeah. will be an electric factory um, in the second half of that one's close. So, yeah, I, I, that's a really good pick. 
All right, I'm going to be in the Big 12, TCU versus Kansas State, two four-win teams. Both have had some frustrating losses recently, and maybe, like, well, especially, I guess, with TCU's case, not what we thought entering the season. Like, they're four and three now, and definitely not what they were last year. Um, not a top 25 team. Kansas State, also some tough losses um, Missouri um, and Oklahoma State; those are those are games that they they would expect to win and were favored in, um, and they they lost. So this one is in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas State favored by six and a half. I think the line's about right. TCU did they find something with the quarterback Hoover? Like I'm not sure. We'll see. Interesting. Um, yeah, I it'll, I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be close. Um, worth worth a watch at 7 p.m. Eastern. Definitely worth a, a check in on that one. Just. Based on how the game went last year, which was an excellent game, uh, bigger stakes last year, but still, still a very fun game in the Big Twelve. Um, right. Yeah. All right, that puts it to me with the last pick of the draft. Uh, a bit difficult. There's lots of good, decent games. I'll just throw a, a bunch of honorable mentions out there: Mississippi State at Arkansas, UCF at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State at West Virginia, Texas at Houston. Kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but I'll go with Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan yeah. favored by 24 and a half. It's a rivalry game, which is kind of the main reason I put it here, obviously. Um, this also might be the first time that people watch Michigan this year, <laughs> um, just because oh, wow. they've played basically no one. Um, yeah. And Michigan State, I mean, two years ago, they beat Michigan. Uh, they, they, they've done it before with worse teams. Well, okay, they've done it before when they were clearly the worst than Michigan. I don't know if they've done it with worse teams than they have this year. They're not very good. Right. Right. It's college football. Weird crap happens. So just something to keep an eye on, at least for the first quarter or two and, and see what goes on. There's a very real chance you won't watch anything in the second half, but it might be worth checking out in the first half at least. So I'll take that as my last pick. Don't hate it at all. Um, I would have enjoyed, yeah, getting that one too. It's it's the storylines, man. Like, like these rivalry game stuff, like this stuff matters. Um, and yeah, I, like I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's at Michigan State. Does that make a big difference? You know, probably not. Like Michigan is absolutely the better team here. But okay, someone's going to get upset. Like someone is going to lose some one of these games that we're not going to see coming. And you're going to tune in in the second quarter with the favorite down by, you know, two scores. And it's going to be on. Like, and you just have to, you just have to be monitoring that. And this is this is a candidate. This is a, um, a candidate for an upset here for sure. Yep. Okay, let's go to the locks. Um, just to recap last week a little bit, Ashton, you, one win for you, no losses, and and one um, where you nailed the line exactly. Um, sorry, I forget what you what you call that in betting. Um, a push. A yeah. push. Yeah, a there push. we go. So you're one zero and one on the week. Your win was Iowa plus ten against Wisconsin, um, and then uh-huh. you pushed on Oregon plus three. So that puts you at fourteen three and one for the season. Excellent numbers for you. I had a little bit of a worse week, two and four. I would have loved hmm. to have two of those bets back considering some of the quarterback situations there. But my wins, I joined you in Iowa plus 10. And then I also had North Carolina minus three and a half against Miami. Felt pretty good about that one the whole way. Um, my losses, Kansas minus three and a half against Oklahoma State. They lost outright, mentioning J- Jalen Daniels not playing in that game. That was a morning of the game decision. Um, USC plus two and a half against Notre Dame. Um Kind of hard to predict losing turnover battle five to zero. Um, but yeah. yeah, happy to be wrong there, obviously. BYU plus five. Again, 
didn't know TCU was going to change quarterbacks. Probably wouldn't have mattered considering the final score was 44 to 11. So clearly on the wrong side there. And then Ohio, uh-huh. I took them minus six and a half against Northern Illinois and they lost outright somehow. Uh, their offense has had some games this year where they just didn't show up. And this was one of those games. So right, um, probably won't be betting on Curtis Rourke anymore this, this season. I think I've lost mm-hmm. twice now betting on Curtis Rourke. So uh-huh. 17 and 22 for me on the season, um, faltering a little bit, but. It's a new week, Ashton. Let's jump into this next week. Week eight, <laughs> you have the honors. What are you looking at for your locks this week? Okay, so I, I've got two for sure, and and I'm willing to be talked into a third, but you're going to have to work really hard because <laughs> I like my two, and I, I don't like a whole lot after that. I mentioned that I was already on the Penn State at four and a half on the road. Penn State, six and oh. They're also six and oh against the spread. They're winning. Wow. They're covering. Good teams win, great teams cover. We're going to keep betting them until they lose. I don't know if it's going to be this week. I think they at least cover. They might win outright. I think this game's close. I've already said that. I think Penn State matches up well with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They're going to cover the four and a half. I, that's a lock for me. Second one that I have, Air Force on the road yes. in Annapolis, Maryland, favored by 11. Why did you say yes? Are you betting this too? This I'm not. I just love this. that you're betting on Air Force. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm, I'm betting on Air Force. They're 6-0. and oh. They're favored by 11. Got I a think there's a lot of value. 10 and a half is even better. I, there's a lot out there. Um, yeah. There's a, Okay. Air Force is ranked. I like what you said when you said Air Force is the best team in Colorado. They've been, they've been really overlooked. Um, yeah. And like, they just kind of, sat kind of in 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 Colorado's shadow I guess for the for the first bit of the season they're kind of stepping into the light a little bit they should be favored by more than 11 I think they go I think they beat Navy handily I think the line's too low I do so I feel really good about those two I mean I could absolutely lose both like I yeah I'm I'm under no um disillusion here like I that yeah humility is is only one week away for, for those of us that are trying to trying to beat Vegas here. Humility is just yeah. one one week away. But I am running hot right now. So I am yeah. I'm winning almost everything. I'm going to go with Penn State and Air Force to cover. I think the only way you lose the Air Force one is if there's just not enough possessions. Like if if they both just run the ball all day, which is I mean, yeah, that can happen and they can still cover. But if Air, Air Force might win that game twenty four to fourteen or something like uh-huh. that. So yeah. All right, I'm looking at a couple that I really like, um, which is always dangerous, but I'm taking Wisconsin minus two and a half against Illinois. Wisconsin coming off a loss to Iowa, uh, which is just, how do you even rate that? Like, I know you only score six points against Iowa, who has maybe the, I think I saw somewhere they have the number two defense in the country, according to one system. Illinois coming off of a win against Maryland. So I guess my theory here is that betters might be overvaluing Illinois and undervaluing Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, uh, SP plus has them as a seven point favorite in this game. They're only favored by two and a half by Vegas. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take Wisconsin to cover. Um, Feel pretty good about that one. And sticking in the big 10, I'm taking Rutgers minus five against Indiana. This is really deep here. Like this is really, I'm going to into extreme depth on my um, evaluation of this game. And it, it is as follows. Indiana is completely terrible and Rutgers is not completely terrible. So that's as far as I'll go. Rutgers, Rutgers by five. I will take Rutgers to cover. Yeah. 
Um, Rutgers, I, Rutgers yeah. is five and two. I, I just yeah, real quick. Rutgers five and two. Rutgers is a good football team. Um, um, we like one of the teams um, left that can still beat Iowa when they go to their place. Yeah, Rutgers has a tough stretch, but they're 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 a good football team. I I like that one a lot. I have two more I want your opinion on, and they're both totals, okay. which I've struggled with a bit this year anytime I try to yeah. play a total. But one of them I'm looking at is UCLA and Stanford. That number is 55 right now. I right. I don't know if Stanford can score much against UCLA, and Dante right. Moore has been struggling for UCLA. It kind of feels like maybe they'll just try to get out of there with a W. Um, maybe this game is like 30 to 10. Um, but what do you think? Is 55 too high? Okay, so I, I I do like where you're at there with like we we just saw Stanford pop off right you know on a on a nationally televised game and oftentimes there's a drastic overreaction you know what I'm saying like oh that receiver's really really good and they found something they're just going to keep feeding him um, UCLA is slow like they're not what they're they're a run first team and they're not super efficient throwing the ball they throw a ton of incompletions. I, I don't hate it I don't hate it at all I I do think there's definitely a learning curve there for Dante Moore. Or mm-hmm. I'm not going to bet it, but yeah, the, the under it, I, I'd like, if we had it at 56, like, you know what I mean? Sure. 55 is a, t- a sound of a tough number, but yeah, it, it is what it is. I, I have no problem with that. If, if you feel strongly that way, yeah, go for it. The other one I'm looking at is Minnesota, Iowa. <laughs> the under, you have to take the a, under, right? The, the line is the total. I mean, is 32 and a half, which is just right wildly low and yet somehow it's not low enough like which which one of those totals do you like better because i'm on the under of both of these and i i really like both of them (laughs) there's a wild stat out there i think i was had like of the of the five lowest point totals in the last like 10 years or whatever this recent stretch of iowa teams has been like four of the five of the lowest totals They've been involved in four of those five games and they've almost all gone under. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we throw a, a total at, was it, didn't last year we have like an Iowa game where it was like 32 and a half or 33 and a half. And it was, yeah, I mean, 10 to six, like that was yeah. like a final score or something. And like, it, it was comfortably under um, the Wisconsin game, by the way, last week for Iowa was I think 36 and a half. Yeah. And that one was comfortably under too. We never would have had to sweat that one. I like it. Like yeah. I, in fact, I'll, I'll join you. Let's nice. do it. We'll lock it up. We'll we'll do a lock agreement. We almost always hit these. It's a principal play. It's a principal play. Yeah. When you see an under this low, you have to bet that. Like we're going to see. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if there's any touchdowns scored. There might be. That's possible. I think there's quite a few field goals, a safety, maybe a punt return. The only thing I'm really worried about is Cooper DeGene returning like a like a pick six or something or like a like a fumble oh. return, a punt return. Ethan Kelly like, will throw a pick six in this game. I know. Sure. I, I'm kind of worried about it. I, <laughs> I I do. That is kind of the concern there. In fact, I, I've probably talked myself back out of it again. I'll let you go alone on that one. I'll let you okay. go alone. I'm going to try to protect protect my record here. I've got a really good record, and I don't feel strongly about it. And you're right. The Minnesota quarterback, he throws picks like they're going out of style. And, and I was really good at turning those into points. Like they trot their defense out there to score points. I, yeah, I was watching something on, I, I, there was some little skit that, that happened recently. And it was like, well, you know, like we gave Penn state 97 snaps or whatever. Like that's plenty of time for our defense to score points. It's their fault that, that, uh, that our offense is not any good. It was like one of those deep fakes of, yeah. of um, the, the Ferentz kid. <laughs> yeah. Coordinate coordinator. It was fun. 
Yeah. I, the defenses might end up having more return yardage in this game than the offenses have have total yardage. Not literally, but it's it's I expect it to be ugly. I think I we could possibly survive two pick sixes in this game and still go under. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's possible. So I'll stick with it. I'll go under both of these games. I got four plays. Wisconsin minus two and a half. Rutgers minus five. Minnesota, Iowa under 32 and a half. And UCLA, Stanford under 55. Mm-hmm. Ashton has two plays. Penn State plus four and a half. And Air Force minus 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Ashton? The the football season is quickly passing us by, isn't yeah. it? We're seeing some of these teams. I think, um, ha- have you guys, has Notre Dame already played eight games? Is yes. that right? Yeah. So like you guys are, I mean, yeah, you're, you have four games left, man. Like we're so, they go so fast. It's not fair how fast it goes by. Yeah, it really does. And we say it every year and it's almost like we're still surprised every year when it still happens again. So, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week and God bless you all. 